The content of this program is intended for people who are blind and print impaired. Hello and welcome to our March 2021 edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately? A program from the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. This program is brought to you by the Friends of the North Carolina Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, an organization of citizens, volunteers, and patrons all interested in supporting the library and the services it provides. The Friends Group was founded in 1989 and now has more than 300 members across North Carolina. If you'd like to join the Friends Group yourself, we'll have information on how to do that later in this program. This program is all about books with special emphasis on those available from the North Carolina Library for the Blind. The library has more than 86,000 titles in its collection. Books and magazines are available in large print, braille, and talking books as well. The library, by the way, has more than 11,000 patrons across the state. And if you're not a patron but are interested in becoming one, I'll have more information about that at the end of this program as well. This month, we'll be taking a look at some of the most popular books checked out in the month of February at the North Carolina Library for the Blind. We begin with a novel by the popular author Heather Graham. This is a book entitled Ghost Walk. Yes, she believed in ghosts, or if not ghosts per se, a memory that lingered in certain places. It sure as heck wasn't something she was going to share with anyone. Nikki DeMond's newest employee is standing at the end of her bed at four o'clock in the morning begging for help. It's a joke, right? Besides, as manager of a successful New Orleans haunted haunted tour company, Nikki doesn't scare very easily. But in the light of day, harsh reality sets in as a police officer informs her that Andy was brutally murdered. At the same time, Nikki swears the distraught woman was in her room. Well, no one believes her except for Brent Blackhawk, a paranormal investigator desperately trying to forget his tragic past. Half Irish, half Lakota, and able to communicate with the dead, Brent is used to living in two worlds. But when he realizes the ghost of a slain government agent is also trying to reach out to Nikki, he knows that she too must listen to the dead if she wants to keep living. Sounds like quite a mystery story. It's called Ghost Walk by Heather Graham. Next, we're going to take a look at a book that's called We Are Their Heaven, Why the Dead Never Leave Us By. Now, Never Leave Us, rather, and this is by Alison Dubois. From renowned medium and best-selling author Alison Dubois, an inspirational, thought-provoking, and comforting book that examines the questions, what happens to our loved ones when they die? Is there a heaven? Is there a true connection and communication between the living and the dead? Alison Dubois invites us into her world, where she delivers messages from our lost loved ones. She convinces us that those who have passed away are constantly with us, providing comfort, love, and support. 
they are as eager to reach us as we are to stay connected with them. But the dead have a language of their own. They communicate through signs, dreams, songs, coincidences, and messages delivered in unexpected ways. Allison takes us on an odyssey of these signs, how to recognize them, how to read them, and how to interpret them. In these pages, you will meet people who have had both heartbreaking and heartwarming communication with the other side, providing comforting proof that our deceased loved ones stay with us and continue to share in the joys of our lives. Sounds like a very, very interesting book. It's called We Are Their Heaven, Why the Dead Never Leave Us. And that's by Allison Du Bois. Now let's move on to another book. This time, this particular book is nonfiction. The title of it is Citizen Soldiers, the U.S. Army from the Normandy Beaches to the Bulge to the Surrender of Germany by Stephen E. Ambrose. This is a worthy follow-up to the author's D-Day, June 6, 1944, which is also available on audio. Picking up where D-Day leaves off, Citizen Soldiers, subtitled The U.S. Army from the Normandy Beaches to the Bulge of the Surrender of Germany, presents scores of oral histories compiled by the author. These reminiscences, most by average American men who would have been home working in factories, going to school, or playing baseball in their neighborhood sandlots, if not for the intrusion of the greatest conflict in this world that the world has seen, paint a vivid picture of the American experience in Europe in the last years of World War II. Ironically, the performance of professional actor Cotter Smith comes off as curiously subdued and formal compared to the involving energetic reading given by author and university professor Ambrose on his D-Day audio. As the tape progresses, however, Cotter gets more in the spirit of the amazing events occurring around the men, and his demeanor picks up a bit. Listeners do get to hear Ambrose himself in a brief introduction and conclusion. So this is primarily an audio book. In the end, of course, it's Ambrose's material that is the star, not the performance itself. We get as close as a modern person could possibly get to the day-to-day, always dangerous, often horrific experiences of World War II's citizen soldiers, or as the author also calls them, soldiers of democracy. Be prepared, though. The stories Professor Ambrose presents to us may be or make the opening battle sequence of Saving Private Ryan seem like a walk in the park. It is important to note, however, that Ambrose doesn't just present tales of horrific battle sequences. He chronicles all facets of the Army life in the 1940s. Did you know, for instance, that German prisoners being transported within the United States routinely ate at our country's lunch counters while the black American G.I.s guarding them 
had to wait outside or go around to the back door of the diner and have sandwiches handed to them. Fortunately, the Army soon saw the insanity of such occurrences and took steps, years before the general population, to institute equality and integration among its black and white soldiers. The audio is also refreshingly objective on another level. It shines a harsh clinical light on the horror that is war. Though Ambrose quite rightly sings the praises of the brave men who fought for the Allies in the good war, he makes it clear that such a hellish event doesn't always bring out the best in people. To that end, he duly chronicles the abuses and atrocities that took place on both sides. He also shows us that though most Americans believed in the cause for which they were all fighting, all wanted to get the thing over with and get back to their lives. After listening to this involving and educational audiobook, it becomes clear that the world didn't need Steven Spielberg to make people aware of the sacrifices our fathers and grandfathers and many mothers and grandmothers made during the darkest years of this century. Stephen Ambrose was already doing an excellent job with his well-researched and dramatic works about World War II. We should be grateful, however, if Saving Private Ryan encourages a few additional people to pick up an Ambrose book or audio. They are certainly eye-openers. For four days, citizen soldiers turned my mundane daily commute into a transforming experience. I'll never look at our senior citizens quite the same way again. And those are the comments of the person who reviewed this book. It was Joe Menta, Jr., and he reviewed it on uh, January 20, 21st, actually, back in 2011. But this was one of the most popular books this past month in 2021, 10 years later. The book itself is called Citizen Soldiers, the U.S. Army from the Normandy Beaches to the Bulge, to the Surrender of Germany by Stephen E. Ambrose. Now let's get back to another popular novel last month at the Library for the Blind. This is a book entitled Honor Thyself by the popular author Danielle Steele. A world-renowned actress falls victim to a terrifying explosion in Paris and begins a courageous journey of survival, memory, and self-discovery in Danielle Steele's mesmerizing new novel. Carol Barber has come to Paris with its rain-slick slate roofs and winding streets to work on her novel and to find herself after a lifetime in the spotlight. A legend of film and stage, Carol has set a standard of beauty and grace, devoting herself to her family and causes around the world. But on this cool November evening, as her taxi speeds into a tunnel just past the Louvre, a fiery instant of terror shatters hundreds of lives and leaves Carol alone, unconscious, and unidentified in a Paris emergency room. At the Ritz, They wonder where their famous incognito guest has gone. From California to London, Carol's friends and family begin to make inquiries. Then comes a moment of shock 
as they all realize that Carol is far from home and fighting for her life. In the days that follow, the paparazzi swarm. A mysterious stranger, a man famous in his own realm, quietly visits the hospital to see the woman he once loved and never forgot. Carol's two grown children rush to her bedside, waiting and praying until the miraculous begins to happen. But as a woman who the whole world knows slowly awakens, she knows nothing of herself. Every detail must be pieced back together from a childhood in rural Mississippi to the early days of her career, from the unintentional hurt inflicted on her daughter to a 15-year-old secret love affair that went tragically wrong. But for Carol, an extraordinary opportunity has arisen in a life-threatening crisis, a second chance to count her blessings, heal wounded hearts, recapture lost love, and to live a life that will truly honor others, beginning with herself. A tale of survival and dignity, of small miracles and big surprises. Honor Thyself creates an unforgettable portrait of a public figure whose hopes, fears, and heartbreaks are as real as our own. Her courageous journey inspires us all. Sounds like a good book. It's called Honor Thyself, and it's by Danielle Steele. Now another popular offer. Let's take a look at a book called Some Kind of Wonderful by Debbie McComber. Here's the plot. In Debbie McComber's delightful take on Beauty and the Beast, an idealistic teacher and a mysterious mogul prove that opposites do attract all the way to happily ever after. Unspoiled by the trappings of wealth, Judy Lovin shunned the family fortune to take a job teaching preschool. But with her father's empire on the verge of a collapse thanks to a hostile corporate takeover, Judy reluctantly rides to the rescue. Her negotiations bring her face to face with the beast himself, a ruthless tycoon who takes what he wants, and what he wants is Judy. Shocked at her attraction to a man she was prepared to loathe, Judy agrees to his terms, alone time with him at his island getaway. Sexy, smart, and ruggedly untamed, John McFarlane lives by his own rules. He's never met a woman as pure and kind and lovely as Judy who seems so fearless in the face of the demons that haunt him. As John's rough edges soften in the magic of the moonlight, and as he learns to listen to his own pounding heart, this beast comes to believe in the one thing he convinced himself he could never have, love. The book is called Some Kind of Wonderful, and it sounds like a, an interesting story with a wonderful uh, finish there that I think you would enjoy. It's by the popular author Debbie McComber. And you're listening to Heard Any Good Books Lately? A special presentation and an exclusive presentation of the North Carolina 
reading service. I'm George Douglas. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're enjoying today's books. Now we'll move on to a, another one that was very popular last month at the North Carolina Library for the Blind. It's called Marley and Me, Life and Love with the World's Worst Dog by John Grogan. This is a funny story. John and Jenny were just beginning their life together. They were young and in love, with a perfect little house and not a care in the world. Then they brought home Marley, a wiggly yellow furball of a puppy. Life would never be the same. Marley quickly grew into a barreling 97-pound steamroller of a Labrador, Labrador retriever, a dog like no other. He crashed through screen doors, gouged through drywall, flung drool on guests, stole women's undergarments, and ate nearly everything he could get his mouth around, including couches and fine jewelry. Obedience school, well, it did no good. Marley was expelled. Neither did the tranquilizers the veterinarian prescribed for him with the admonishment, don't hesitate to take the, to use these. And yet, Marley's heart was pure. Just as he joyfully refused any limits on his behavior, his love and loyalty were boundless too. Marley shared the couple's joy at their first pregnancy and their heartbreak over the miscarriage. He was there when babies finally arrived and when the screams of a 17-year-old stabbing victim pierced the night. Marley shut down a public beach and managed to land a role in a feature-length movie, always winning hearts as he made a mess of things. Through it all, he remained steadfast, a model of devotion, even when his family was at its wit's end. Unconditional love they would learn, comes in many different forms. If you like stories with animals, and you like animals generally, I think you would love this book. It's called Marley and Me, Life and Love with the World's Worst Dog by author John Grogan. Mary Higgins Clark died not too long ago, and all of us who are mystery lovers will certainly miss her. But right now we're going to talk about one of her recent books. It was very popular last month at the North Carolina Library for the Blind. It's called Pretend You Don't See Her by Mary Higgins Clark. Here's the plot. What happens when a young woman is accidentally caught up in a dangerous murder investigation, having merely been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Lacey Farrell, a rising star on the Manhattan real estate scene, is witness to a murder and to the final words of the victim. The dying woman is convinced her attacker was after her dead daughter's journal, which Lacey gives to the police, but not before making a copy for herself. It's an impulse that later proves nearly fatal. Placed in the Witness Protection Program, and sent to live in Minneapolis, Lacey must assume a fake identity, at least until the killer can be brought to trial. There she meets Tom Lynch, a radio talk show host, whom she tentatively begins to date, until the strain of her deception makes her break it off. 
Then she discovers the killer has traced her whereabouts. Armed with nothing more than her own courage and clues from the journal, Lacey heads back to New York determined to uncover who is behind the deaths of the two women before she is the next casualty. It's called Pretend You Don't See Her by the late and very, very popular author Mary Higgins Clark. Right now we're going to turn to a non-fiction book by a fellow who is, uh, is a very popular commentator. He's mostly retired, but you still see him on various programs from time to time. Ted Koppel on ABC Network. And uh, this is a book entitled Lights Out, A Cyber Attack, A Nation Unprepared, Surviving the Aftermath by Ted Koppel. In this tour de force of investigative reporting, Ted Koppel reveals that a major cyber attack on America's power grid is not only possible but likely, that it would be devastating, and that the United States is shockingly unprepared. Imagine a blackout lasting not days but weeks or months. Tens of millions of people over several states are affected. For those without access to a generator, there is no running water, no sewage, no refrigeration or light. Food and medical supplies are dwindling. Devices we rely on have gone dark. Banks no longer function. Looting is widespread. And law and order are being tested as never before. It isn't just a scenario, a well-designed attack on just one of the nation's three electric power grids could cripple much of our infrastructure, and in the age of cyber warfare, a laptop has become the only necessary weapon. Several nations hostile to the United States could launch such an assault at any time. In fact, as a former chief scientist of the NSA reveals, China and Russia have already penetrated the grid. And a cybersecurity advisor to President Obama believes that independent actors, from hacktivists to terrorists, have the capability as well. It's not a question of if, says CENTCOM Commander General Lloyd Austin. It's a question of when. And yet, as Koppel makes clear, the federal government, while well prepared for natural disasters, has no plan for the aftermath of an attack on the power grid. The current Secretary of Homeland Security suggests keeping a battery-powered radio. In the absence of a government plan, some individuals and communities have taken matters into their own hands. Among the nation's estimated three million preppers, we need one whose doomsday retreat includes a newly excavated three-acre lake stocked with fish and a Wyoming homesteader so self-sufficient that he crafted the thousands of adobe bricks in his house by hand. We also see the unrivaled disaster preparedness of the Mormon church with its enormous storehouses, high-tech dairies, orchards, and proprietary trucking company, the roots of a long tradition of anticipating the worst. But how, Koppel asks, will ordinary civilians survive? With urgency and authority, 
one of our most renowned journalists examines a threat unique to our time and evaluates potential ways to prepare for a catastrophe that is all but inevitable. The book is called Lights Out, A Cyber Attack, A Nation Unprepared, Surviving the Aftermath, by ABC News reporter Ted Koppel. Now on Heard Any Good Books Lately, let's get back to fiction. This is a book called The Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks. Here's the plot. Ira Levinson is in trouble. At 91 years old and poor health and alone in the world, he finds himself stranded on an isolated embankment after a car crash. Suffering multiple injuries, he struggles to retain consciousness until a blurry image materializes and comes into focus beside him. His beloved wife, Ruth, who passed away nine years ago. Urging him to hang on, she forces him to remain alert by recounting the stories of their lifetime together. How they met, the precious paintings they collected together, the dark days of World War II, and its effect on them and their families. Ira knows that Ruth can't possibly be in the car with him, but he clings to her words and his memories, reliving the sorrows and everyday joys that define their marriage. A few miles away at a local rodeo, a Wake Forest College senior's life is about to change. Recovering from a recent breakup, Sophia Danko meets a young cowboy named Luke who bears little resemblance to the privileged frat boys she has encountered at school. Through Luke, Sophia is introduced to a world in which the stakes of survival and success, ruin and reward, even life and death, loom large in everyday life. As she and Luke fall in love, Sophia finds herself imagining a future far removed from her plans, a future that Luke has the power to rewrite, if the secret he's keeping doesn't destroy it first. Ira and Ruth, Sophia and Luke, two couples who have little in common and who are separated by years and experience, yet their lives will converge with unexpected poignancy, reminding us all that even the most difficult decisions can yield extraordinary journeys beyond despair, beyond death, to the farthest reachings, reaches of the human heart. Once again, the book is called The Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks. We have time for one more book by Nicholas Sparks. When a mysterious young woman named Katie appears in the small North Carolina town of Southport, her sudden arrival raises questions about her past. This is a book called Safe Haven by Nicholas Sparks. Beautiful yet self-effacing Katie seems determined to avoid forming personal ties until a series of events draws her into two reluctant relationships, one with Alex, a widowed store owner with a kind heart and two young children, and another with her plain-spoken single neighbor, Joe. 
Despite her reservations, Katie slowly begins to let down her guard, putting down roots in the close-knit community and becoming increasingly attached to Alex and his family. But even as Katie begins to fall in love, she struggles with the dark secret that still haunts and terrifies her, a past that set her on a fearful, shattering journey across the country to the sheltered oasis of Southport. The book is called Safe Haven by Nicholas Sparks. And that's all the time we have for Heard Any Good Books Lately this month. I'm George Douglas. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like more information about how to become a patron of the North Carolina Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, simply Google or search NC Library for the Blind, or you can call 888-388-2460. And also use those same numbers to join the Friends of the Library for the Blind. This program is intended for people who are blind and print impaired. Heard any good books lately will be available right after the broadcast at our website, ncreadingservice.org. So long until next time. <music> ¶¶